What's up, Magic fans? It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part is free to get your shot at all these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the days of the basketball games and track your results through the evening. Some of the questions will range from which teams will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your own convenience. All you got to do is download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. The promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where your hosts, myself, Anthony, Al, and today is May 17th, and we are exactly 36 days away from the NBA lottery. What's up, Al? What's going on, man? Who who's counting though? I don't think we're I don't think we want to we want to get to that point yet. Yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> let's let's get to it right now. I'm ready to count down. 36 days already feels like way too long uh for my anxiety. I I'm the same way, man. I know the season just ended yesterday, but we want answers. We want to know how this is gonna play out. Who are we going to be able to target in the draft? And hopefully it'll be good news. I'm not going to be, you know, Debbie Downer here. We're going to get Cade. We're going to get Jalen Green. That's the way it's going to go. I'm just going to be positive. Man, that's what I'm talking about. I like like the fact that you're being optimistic because um, as a Magic, as a longtime Magic fan, I have gracefully learned that, uh, you know, not to keep my hopes up, prepare for the, expect the worst, you know, prepare for the worst. Yeah, but remember, the Magic won 21 games this year, and I forgot who it was that tweeted this yesterday, but the previous two times the Magic have won 21 games, we've drafted Dwight Howard, and we drafted Shaq. So, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say this is the year that things feel good, and I hope things play out for us. So I'm going to remain positive. I mean, that's that's all we have right now, hope. Did you just pull it? is this anything out of nowhere? You did a little research. Oh, you I can prepare today, man. I like so you it. Know what, you know what's funny? I saw that on Twitter in the afternoon, but then I did see. Uh, oh, you're giving away your credit, Al. I am. I am. I, I got to be honest. Again, if we want to be be um, with the lottery, we're gonna have dignity here on the show. That's the way it goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now, man, I, I saw it on the broadcast, but I did see it on Twitter as well. But now, man, I think I, I feel good about this year. We'll talk about plenty here about the, the tank update and how things played out for us. Um, but I really hope this is the year that we um, have good fortunes in the lottery. Yeah, man. If you guys were uh, looking for a brand new episode to come out Friday morning, we decided not to record um, and kind of wait out until the the season was finally over. That way we can kind of recap the end of the season and then really kind of have a full idea of exactly where we ended up falling in. Um, So today's episode, we're going to, we're going to do some recap of that. We're going to talk about our standings, um, and man, we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to just jump right into it. Al, please do us the honor and update us on our tank watch. Where are we at? Man, so the previous week, our last episode, things were not looking too great. The magic nope. had dropped in the in the standings, so I guess you can say it that way. Uh, we were tied the, with OKC. The reverse, the reverse standings. Yes, the reverse standings. We were tied with OKC, with Cleveland. We had just lost to Detroit. Um, so I think we're kind of looking, things were not looking very well for the Magic. Um, but hey, we ended up losing the last seven games of the season, which is what we needed to do. And thank you very much to the Cle- uh, to the 
Clippers. The Clippers did us a huge, huge favor. And I tweeted this yesterday. I was going to root for the Clippers this playoffs if they were able to lose against OKC last night, which they did. So thanks to that, the Magic ended up with the third worst record in the NBA. No ties, no need to be flipping coins. We're going to go into the 2020 NBA draft tied with Houston and Detroit for the best odds for the first pick in the draft. Not a bad year to do it. Not a bad year. If you're going to tank, this is the year to tank. My goodness. I can't. Uh, so we're, we'll are we we'll get into details in a few minutes, but I just want to say, um, for those that were upset that we had won that one game with uh, Cohen Anthony's game winner, all for nothing, all for nothing, stress is gone. All right. Magic have the worst, uh, the the bottom three, which is, I guess, in our eyes, the top three um, best lottery odds for for this NBA draft. And uh, the fact that we weren't tied with OKC is massive. I cannot believe, especially uh, I'll be honest with you, before the game, when when we noticed that, you know, Philadelphia wasn't playing any of their starters, none of their starters, I was kind of. Uh, my optimism, my optimism was at a at a low because I'm just like, uh, who who's gonna lead that charge? Dwight Howard, you know, George <laughs> Hill, who's gonna lead that charge? You know what I mean? I I honestly thought that we we're gonna end up winning that game, and the fact that we didn't, the fact that OKC, OKC somehow, some way, they decided to to put it in gear and and win. I am so shocked, and I am so excited that we're at that third spot. Um, and man, things are looking up. Yeah, so so I mean, if you didn't watch the OKC game and you didn't know the background to that game, so the Clippers wanted to lose because they didn't want to play the Lakers in the playoffs until um, the Western Conference Finals. See, I didn't so know. they had no incentive to win at all. OKC had no incentive to win because they didn't want to drop in the standings, I, I, again, I guess, and, and, and not be tied with the Magic. So that game was just a, it was a crazy show throughout. Uh, and it came down to the final minute of the game where just okay, so hit a couple shots, and the Clippers were like, "Hey, we forgot to shoot, and when I just we're just gonna lose this game." Um, so it was, it was hilarious. It was I watched the final quarter, and it was the most stressful quarter I've, I've watched of basketball since Magic playoff basketball. Like it was just I was sweating. I'm like, we we needed the Clippers to lose this game, and it happened. So thank you to the Clippers once again, and uh, go Clippers, go win a ring. <laughs> I see you, Doc. Doc Rivers still doing the Magic favors. That's right. Well, not so they, not they, Doc Rivers, but um, the the shadow of Doc Rivers. Well, Tyron Lue, Tyron Lue, well, thank you for doing the Magic some favors. Indirectly, right? So Doc Rivers won yesterday against the Magic, and then indirectly the Clippers won, which was his previous team. So yeah, there's, there's some blueprints in there from Doc Rivers. Yeah, it were, it definitely worked out. So um, I mean, it's it's exciting because so the Magic have again that we discussed. They're at the third, but what's what's really the one that we want to keep an eye on now um, because we can't do anything about that until um, until 36 days from now. But on May 25th is where they announced that we're going to do the the coin toss, the coin flip to find out what the tiebreaker is going to be with Chicago. Um, so if you don't know the way or how that works, the Pelicans, uh, the Pelicans, the Kings, and then Chicago three-way tie for that eighth, ninth, and 10th. And they're going to do a coin flip to see who lands where. Um, so uh, Al, you and I had a conversation about it. And, you know, I was telling you that I really hope we get that eight. And your response was, you know, we can't get greedy. Right? We don't want to get too lucky. Because this is, this is a, I, it, it might be my silly thinking, but in my thought process is, let's say that we end up winning the coin flip and we get the eighth, the eighth best chances, right? Does that like exhaust all of our draft luck? Like, does that take away from maybe the possibility of, you know, getting that number one, number two spot? Or is that so just think, me thinking? I think that would just be too good to be true. And I mean, again, maybe this is the year that everything kind of falls into place, right? Because think about it. When we enter this year, we knew this travel is going to be loaded. And we all knew there's no way we're going to have a chance with Vooch and Gordon and Fournier and the team that we had. And things played out that we are actually in the top. We have a, a shot of these guys now. So with the Bulls pick, all I'm saying is I don't want to be greedy. Wherever it lands, as long as the Magic get that pick, I'm happy. And you know what? I've even said this on Twitter. I wouldn't mind if we even lose that pick as long as we get a top two pick. Like, give me one of those two top players that, again, I've said many times in this podcast, 
Cade or Jalen Green. One, as long as we have one of those two guys, I'm okay with waiting one more year to get that Bulls pick. I, I don't mind. But ideally, we get it this season. I just don't care if it's 8, 9, or 10th. Just give me that pick some way, somehow. Yeah, I mind. I'm I'm way too impatient for any of that. This is this is such a good <laughs> draft that yeah, you know, hopefully it all lands right. Uh, obviously, we want to be in that top three, um, but man, nah, Bulls gonna stay out of that top four completely. And they have, and what's crazy is that they still have a twenty point three percent chance of of making it in that top four. You know, very very unlikely. Um, knock on wood. If I just jinx it, I'm sorry in in, in advance. Um, but there's there's still a lot of quality quality players six through ten, so um, it definitely needs to happen because um, you know it's it's rebuilding, man. You want to stockpile on your on your assets, and this is the way to do it through the draft. I I completely agree. And one thing I also want to mention here is um, Chad Ford tweeted this yesterday, and it's just kind of impressive. But with the way things played out in the tanking job that all these teams did. The Magic ended up with a pretty, pretty good um, outcome here. So currently, Detroit has an 80% chance pretty much to end up with a top five pick. But right behind them are the Orlando Magic at 66.9%. So our odds of getting a top five pick are going to be 67% heading into the draft, which is huge. It's massive. Then right behind that, believe it or not, is Houston at 52.1%, a team that tanked the entire season, it felt like we have a better chance than they do to get a top five pick. So do you, was do you know the crazy. science behind that? Why would Houston, why would we have a better shot at making the top five than Houston? So if you notice uh, the NBA, the NBA, so yeah, of course you have a better chance um, to get the, the first pick. Well, actually tied, right? All of us, but they, they don't want teams, I guess, to just blatantly tank anymore. And if you notice, whoever ends up with the worst record, in this case, Houston has a bigger chance to drop than actually winning the lottery, which is crazy. And I have that number here. I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Um, so I'm thinking that's the, NBA, the NBA's way of just saying, you're not going to tank. You're just going to manipulate the system. Um, so Houston has a 47% chance of getting the fifth pick this year's draft, but only 14% of getting the first. So it, they're actually more likely to fall than to actually keep that number one pick, which is crazy to me. Um, but again, just Orlando being higher than them, Shocked me when I when I when I read that. Yeah, man, it's it's tough because the way that Houston kind of carried everything out and the way that OKC did. Um, it, I mean, I, we may be biased, but I thought that the Magic went about it the right way. Where you have teams like OKC that were really taking advantage of the system and desperately try to do everything within their power. Houston tried to do everything within their power. Um, and out of the three, I would say that we were probably the most honest one out of the three. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to see that you know we we have a higher chance over the, over over Houston. And what's interesting is that on Tankathon.com they have the draft power rankings of kind of um, it's a calculation of which teams have the best draft assets, um, and the Magic are listed as the number one currently. Right with the expectations of having, you know, if it lands as is, which it won't, but if it were to land as is with the third, the tenth, and the thirty-third pick, so it's going to be interesting to see how everything kind of plays out. Yeah, I mean, think about that second-round pick at thirty-three. That pretty much is a low-end first-round pick to many That's teams, right. and you may have a lot of top teams like the Lakers, the Warriors, gunning and trying to trade for that for that for that pick because again, you can get some really good talent still at that level in the draft. So again, if the Magic want to get creative and pull off some trades on the draft, we'll have plenty of chances, whether it's the Bulls pick or it's the the, the second round pick. So that's, again, we have plenty of tools in our arsenal here heading into the draft. Yeah, and just to kind of put it into perspective, um, that 33rd pick was also the same pick um, that we drafted Wesley Wandu back in 2017. So there's yeah. a golden nugget. Yeah, that's impressive. See this research today, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a quick check. <laughs> All right, man. But let's get into our season review. So this season has been has been wild, man, because we started off so um so hot, so red fire. If you were to tell me that you know this was gonna be the outcome of our season, I truthfully wouldn't have believed you. 
If you would have took a picture of, you know, the players that are on our roster and you would have showed it to me in the beginning of the season, I would have told you that there's no way. How oh, is that RJ Hampton? Is that Wendell Card? What? How? Um, so crazy, crazy, crazy year. But in general, seeing the ups and downs, the injuries that we face, um, what would you grade the Magic this season? If you were to give it a classic ABCDF grade. Um, what would you stamp on this season's um, report card? Man, so I'm personally I'm torn, right? Because if I think about it from my expectations at the beginning of the season, right, I would have expected us to at least make the play-in tournament. That's just being real. Like I really thought this team had enough firepower to at least make it to the play-in tournament at the very least. So if I think about it that way, I would say, of course, F. We ended up bottom three. But from a fan perspective, from a guy that for years has been saying, let's move on from AG, let's move on from Gordon, let's just let's get this rebuild started, right? From that perspective, I got to give this team at least a B plus. So if I had to meet somewhere in the middle, I would call it a C plus, just because while the season didn't end up how we wanted it, we ended up turning the page, which we needed to do for many, many years. And, and again, I know we were winning, we were making the playoffs, but what needed to happen has happened. And the fan base is excited. The team is ready to move forward. So I'm going to go with C-plus overall for this season. This is by far the best worst season I've ever seen in the history of the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. What grade do you give a student for like a, a not complete? Is there a non-complete grade? Like if, I, if I turn in a sheet of paper that has like maybe two or three answers out of 10, I mean... But that that would obviously still be an F, right? So I let's give it so. an F. <laughs> yeah, give it an F. Not complete. Um, and not not really because there was an effort. There was effort from beginning to end. Um, and you mentioned it. You know, the expectation was to make the playoffs. The Magic started off really, really good um, to the point that, you know, national media were apologizing that they ever doubted the Orlando Magic. Steve Clifford has been doing such an amazing job. Um, and then injuries just started happening and happening often. The Magic led the NBA with the most amount of injuries to their roster. It was bad. On average, and we discussed it a couple episodes uh, ago, on average, the Magic were down five players a game. That's really really rough. I think we led the NBA also in how many players we had in our roster this season. Yeah. Um, It's it's intense. And everything really started going downhill the minute that we lost Markel Fultz. but what that allowed is for players like Cole Anthony to kind of step in um, and and play. And for, for a rookie player to get the amount of minutes that he got, that is, that is so valuable. That that experience by itself, um, you can't take you can't ever take that away from from Cole. And I remember in the beginning, it was rough. It was rough giving him the primary point guard point guard job. It was really rough. But you know, look at him now. You know, major, major game to end the season with 37 points. This is this is our rookie, you know. So from that perspective, um, yeah, future-wise, where we're at right now between the the growth of Chumo Kiki, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, in just a small couple of months that we got him, what we are able to see with Wendell Carter Jr., um, the fact that we have uh, the the two draft picks coming up, we still have another two draft picks coming out in 2023. We still have another two draft picks coming out in 2025. The Magic are in a really, really good position. Um, so when we talk about you know what grade you would give it, I'm going to say not complete because we still need to figure out to see what that looks like. A lot of it has to do with luck. A lot of it, everything needs to, needs to align properly. But give credit to where credit is due. The front office, I don't want to hear any more slander. I did a majority of the slander, all right? But, but I've I've definitely in my own words, how many times do we say that this front office are too patient? They're sitting on their ass, they're not doing anything. You know, every everyone else is is making moves and strategizing and the way that they were able to put us in the position that they have without sacrificing anything because this front office knowing that their contract is coming up soon they could have easily traded away future assets to 
accompany Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon to keep fighting for, you know, that playoff run. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. They could have easily went and signed Isaiah Thomas to fill that point guard role. They didn't do that. All right. They made the move that was necessary. They reflected, looked, looked at themselves and said, you know, even if these teams are healthy, are they going to win us a championship? And once they were able to get to that realization, you know, they, they made drastic moves, drastic moves. And we're in the position where we're at because of it. Yeah. I, I think they deserve a ton of credit. I mean, like I said before, personally, myself, I've been saying it for years. I'm like, this team needs to shake it up. They need to do something different. And you're right. We said it for many, many years. Like, this team does not make moves. They've had the same core for the longest time. Um, every trade deadline, we were hoping to hear the names that were traded this trade deadline, um, mentioned in trade rumors at the very least. Um, besides AG, not really much happened. Um, but again, this year, they, they really surprised us. They pulled the right moves. And looking back at it now, man, like it's not one of the questions that we asked here in the season, in the season review, but uh, those traits look really good right now. And again, I said at the time when they, did, when they went down, wait, let's let it play out. I have faith in what they've done, not only from a player's perspective, but from a draft pick, financial um, freedom that we got in, in those trades. And look at them now, man. They're, they're looking really, really good. Um, so I know Jeff Waltham did, did an interview yesterday uh, before the game, and he said it. If you're a Magic fan, this this is the most exciting that you should be about this team going forward. And honestly, it feels that way. Not only myself, but people that I know that are Magic fans on Twitter, on Instagram, at the arena when I went to the last game, you can sense that. People are excited. There's a, there's a, a breath of fresh air in, in, this, in this team right now that you haven't seen before. Um, even when we made the playoffs, we kind of knew that, hey, first round, we knew that. Even last year, we knew first round. Now it's like, hey, we may not make the playoffs next year, but the ceiling of this team is really, really high right now. Yeah, you can also tell with the season ticket prices. <laughs> so, um, so again, I, I would give the overall season um, an F because I'm, I'm going based off my expectations from the beginning of the season. Um, but if we were to grade the the moves from the f- front office, uh, A plus, man. I think that um, just from that front office perspective, was there another front office that did better than the Orlando Magic? The the more I take a look at that Chicago Bulls deal, the more I'm so confused with who decided that was a great idea from the Bulls front office to make the moves that they did. Who had the great idea from the Denver's front office to pull the plug? And and go along with that. I, I thought that I honestly thought that there was no way after that, after the steal that we did with Philadelphia and the Markel Folds, there's no way that we we're going to be able to fleece another team. And we did it back to back in the same, same, same um, trade deadline. Yeah, I, I think it just those teams, unfortunately, are on that level where you're saying about the magic being kind of on an urgency level of, hey, we got to make a move. We got to we got to get to the next level. You the take Bulls, advantage of that. Yeah, the Bulls haven't really made the playoffs and, and really competed in a long, long time. I mean, the Derrick Rose days is that what comes to mind for me. Um, so they, they, I mean, on paper, it looks nice. Nikola Vucevic, you got Levine. Like, hey, it makes sense. We're, we're going to win. They didn't make the playoffs. Aaron Gordon in Denver, they've been winning. Congratulations. I mean, they, they look great. But Aaron Gordon individually looks like trash. I'm sorry, but it's true. He looks like trash out there. <laughs> he does Trash. look at the stats look at the stats you get a rookie in rj hampton outplaying him in every single category yeah but to be to be fair denver then they didn't bring aaron gordon in to drop 25 30 points a game they brought him in to be able to be the elite defender that he is um to be the role player um that he wasn't given in orlando you know, they put him in a position to be surrounded with elite players like Jamal Murray, uh, Jokic, uh, MPJ, and he's he's got that. I mean, without Jamal Murray, but they, they have a chance, man. You you have a player that is able to guard the Giannis of LeBron's and good for them. Good for them. Yeah. I'm, we're happy. We're happy with RJ. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I mean, again, it, we, so again, answer, answering to your question, it, it just it baffles me again the guys that we got back in that trade and and again hopefully things will continue to work out for us but right now we got steals on, on both of those trades yeah for sure now what would you say is your favorite moment from this season oh 
it's got to be easy, man. It's got to be Cole Anthony, those two game winners, right? Like, it's just the way that he did it, the fashion in which he did it. Um, that's what comes to mind. Like, when I think of positive moments this past season, like, what comes to mind first? Cole Anthony beating the Timberwolves on an unexpected, crazy rebound that just landed on his hands and chucking up a three and all net. And then against Memphis, they called the play for him. And to have a 6'10 guy defending you and to still hit that shot, uh, man, it just shows a lot of promise and what he can do. But it was the two probably most fun moments, even on social media for Magic fans. Like we were going crazy when those two when those two happened, even though we wanted to lose the game, the, the game against Memphis, we wanted to lose it. Even then, it felt like, hey, we got to celebrate this moment. Yeah, when I when I take a look at favorite moment, I kind of think back of the season, like which one kind of like gave me that feeling, that internal feeling that, you know, it, it either made me excited or you know, kind of raised the hairs on my arm, stuff like that. And the the next topic that we were going to talk about was the most disappointing moment. Um, and for me, I think they both go hand in hand. So my favorite moment and the most disappointing moment would have to be when we traded Nikola Vucevic. Because the NBA trade deadline, when we were waiting, you know, because that, that was a day that you and I both had off. We said that we were going to just make sure that we're available to, to kind of see everything go down because we had a feeling that something major was going to happen. Trading Nikola Vucevic was not anywhere did I see that happening. I swore up and down that he was not going to be moved. And the fact that he was moved, it was initial shock. And I was really disappointed because I didn't want him to leave. I didn't want him to move. I was okay with Nikola Vucevic ending his career with the Orlando Magic, going to be that one player that played with us for, you know, 20 years. Like, I expected Nikola Vucevic to live and die here in Orlando, right? Um, but it was also my favorite moment because it, it started the trickle effect. Then it came Aaron Gordon getting moved, Evan Fournier, and then it turned into this new era of Orlando Magic basketball. Um, and just thinking about that day of everything going down, um, man, there was so much adrenaline happening in that moment, in that time frame, um, that I would say, you know, that moment was both my favorite moment and also the most disappointing. No, I mean, yeah, that's true. And it's funny, when I was thinking of that question prior to first recording this afternoon, I thought about that. Like, that's right, that line was just, man, like, it was just insane. Again, what that day, as Magic fans, again, it was like, what you've been hoping for for so long was happening in front of you. You're like, man, like I, you couldn't believe it. But then Vooch had traded, which again, like you said, it was just completely out of left field. Like nobody expected that. Um, but again, yeah, for sure. That's one of the most memorable days. That's a Magic fan that I've had in, in, in a long, 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 long time. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. That was an exciting day for sure. Yeah. And then who would you say is this year's team MVP? Team MVP, um, we got to go with Vooch, even though he's no longer on yeah. the team. Vooch, man, the way that he brought it in and out every single night, he was playing like a legitimate all-star. Um, he made that he made that jump, man. He became an all-star in his own right. He deserved it. Um, there was not a game that we went into it that I did not expect him to drop 20 and 10 easily every single night. And he did much more than that. It became 30 and 10. It became 40 and 15. Like, it was crazy. Um, so Vooch, even though he's no longer with us, he wasn't part of our team this season. And, and that, to me, was our MVP. Yeah, how do you not give it to Vooch? Uh, NBA All-Star, two-time NBA All-Star, second-place runner-up in the NBA Skills Challenge. Um, <laughs> he was he was easily a, a fan favorite. And, um, you know, how, how could you not give it to him? It, now, you said you said Nikola Vucevic. I said if we're not going to talk about you know those two uh, Nikola Vucevic at all, um, I guess the the runner up, I would have to I would have to give it to Chumo Kiki. Hmm, that's an interesting one. May, maybe like the second part of of the season, I would give it to him uh, just because he he played for for the most part. He was our best player on the floor um, that second half of the season, and he played so so well. Um, and I would include that because we're next going to talk about the most surprising player. Um, I would put him in that category also. Um, I feel like we've seen so much from him and so much growth. We've seen growth from Cole Anthony. We've obviously seen growth from RJ Hampton. But <clears throat> if we're comparing Chumo Kiki's growth from the very beginning of the season, 
game, you know, his game one with us to how he ended the season, man, it's, it's night and day. We literally got this shy, timid kid that was really, really nervous from, you know, he missing a whole entire um, season of basketball and coming back from the injury, you know, that would make anyone nervous. But, you know, the way that he composed himself, the way that he plays, the effort that he played, um, all the positive feedback that he's got from all his teammates and, and coaching staff, um, Chumo Kiki has been probably my favorite player to watch this season. So if we're not adding Nikola Vucevic and I'm putting primarily the focus on the second half of the season, um, I'd give it to Chumo. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, comparing him from day one in the season to the final game of the season when unfortunately hurt his ankle, but in another way, we, to, we shut him down because he was uh, impacting our tank. <laughs> but uh, no, in no reality though, like Chuma again, it's a guy that we knew coming into the season was supposed to be a, a good player, a guy that could shoot the ball a little bit. Um, but he, again, he exceeded all my expectations um, for sure uh, as the as season went along, especially. Um, so yeah, but another guy for me personally that surprised me a ton, especially in the second half of the season once we acquired him, was RJ Hampton. I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the podcast uh, that he did with um, the Magic Crew. Um, so he mentioned when he got traded, he got on the phone with uh, Jeff Weltham and, and the rest of the guys, and they told him, welcome to Orlando, be ready to play right away. And he was shocked because he had not been playing with Denver. He had not really played basketball since before the draft, like a lot of minutes. And for him to go from not playing basketball consistently, sitting on the bench, to now playing 20, 25, 30, 35 minutes a game, the way that he responded and how mature he looked just from week to week, he, he became more and more mature to a point where he just won NBA Rookie of the Month this past month. Like, it's impressive what he did and the way that he performed, especially as the season went along. Um, but in the month of May, especially, 16 points a game, seven rebounds, 5.6 assists. But better yet, he shot 43.5% from the field, from three-point range on almost three shots um, from behind the arc. So it's impressive the way that he that he played. I, I expected him to be good. I expected him to be athletic, be fast, but I did not expect him to put up the kind of numbers that he did. Um, even also a triple-double almost had, missed it by, by one assist. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I, he was simply impressive. Uh, he got better every single game. So to me, they had, that was a guy that surprised me the most. Yeah, I can't believe I, I'm so so in shock that Denver let him go. He barely played what 200 minutes in Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that he was given that opportunity to to come here and play, and granted, uh, the injuries and just the roster layout kind of just worked out that way in his favor. Um, to see his 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 individual growth, um, his ability to to his his level of basketball, man, because you know, the, there was always questions about his shooting. Um, you know, they're they're even talking about it now. I, I can't remember who came out with the list, but someone came out with a list of, you know, their top five fastest, you know, players in the NBA left RJ Hampton out of it. RJ Hampton responded to it kind of with like a, a like okay type of face. Um, you know, it's it's he's he's a player that matches perfectly with the roster that we have from, mm -hmm. from age to, you know, you can tell that the players like him. He likes the players. He likes the team. He likes the environment. Um, RJ Hampton is such an amazing, amazing, amazing pickup that, you know, it's, it's, we're really going to start to see the fruits of it this off season, uh, this season coming up um, because the way that he ended the season, the way that he was playing, it seemed as if every game, you know, was a major opportunity for him to, you know, beat his career high in points. And, you know, he's not he's not afraid, man. So he's he's definitely fun to watch. So I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I mean, again, surreal to think about the fact that we have him and Cole Anthony as, as two rookies and Chumal Kiki, uh, all his rookies this year. It's wild. It's crazy. Crazy. Wild. Now, on the flip side, who would you say is your most disappointing player? Of the season, mm. kind of already uh, know where you're gonna go with this. I already know your answer. I, I think I'm gonna surprise you because I surprised myself. It. I'm trying to think. I'm like, who, who, like, who, who's that guy that I'm like really just let me down? Um, and I gotta go with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is a guy that, on a year like this one, in which Markel went down, Vooch was playing amazing, so people were double teaming him. 
you, I felt like it was a great chance for him to say, hey, I'm going to step up and be that guy that I'm supposed to be for this team for the longest time. Markel's down. J.I.'s down. We got guys getting hurt left and right. I'm going to step up and be that guy. And unfortunately, he had a career low year for the Magic. If you look at his numbers with the Magic, he didn't step up, unfortunately. Uh, he had a really good game against the Nets that one time that he kind of blew up. Well, he always does that once a year. Like he, he puts up 40 points and whatever amounts of rebounds. And you're like, man, look at the skills he ha- this guy has. But unfortunately, um, it didn't end up in a good way either. He disappointed me also in the way that he, addri- he approached the trade deadline. Um, I, I think that trade request should have stayed in, in the locker room, should have stayed with, with the front office and just kind of kept it quiet. Um, but again, it is what it is. But he's the one guy to me that I expected a lot more, especially in the way the season played out for the Magic. Yeah. Uh, it, and you kind of, you know that he felt the exact same way. You can kind of tell within his, uh, his post interviews that he had um, during his introductory press conference. Uh, he knew that the writing was on the wall and uh, he wanted to be out. So a lot of that has to do with it too. I think it was too much. I don't want to say too much pressure because you really don't, you don't really know, but um, how many times have we begged and asked for him to be, to be that guy for us? And it kind of just never panned out. It felt, it felt as if every season we we're convincing ourselves that, okay, this is the season. He's going to be the NBA all-star. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And he just never made that leap. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter, a Denver fan, saying, man, just keep this guy one off season shooting the ball and, and, and working on his shooting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were waiting for the same thing, man, for so long. Oof. Yeah. How about yours? Yeah. So the AG was my guy. How about yours? Yeah, so I'm going to go with um, Chase and Randall. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, you know, the the typical. I know a lot of people are listening to this and, you know, probably agree, disagree, whatever. Mo Bamba. Um, and... Yeah, it's kind of unfair because we can easily say that, you know, you know, coach didn't give him a shot or the injuries, COVID, you know, all the different variables. Um, but I just feel like it's it's every season um where we're kind of waiting and hoping and expecting um a you know a, a rise from him. And you know, I I I I'm victim to the same thing that everyone else has had is putting this high expectation on on Mobamba and you know it's it's starting to get to a point that the realization is uh you know it's if it happens it should be a bonus if it doesn't happen then you know we've lowered our expectations already now granted he ended the season pretty well you know he's playing really really good basketball so you know we're hoping that that can kind of translate into the off season and then you know next season coming up um but it would be interesting to kind of see how this shakes out because with Nikola Vucevic being traded, you expect him Obama to immediately kind of step in and kind of take advantage of the playing time because the issue at first was he wasn't getting any playing time. And then the all-star player that you were playing behind is no longer on your roster and you expect for him to fill that void and kind of show out and say, Hey, now that he's out of the way, I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm your guy. And then we see, you know, how Wendell Carter was able to impact the game and his level of play and how he's able to play really tough and and, and man basketball. And, you know, I, I just feel like there's still a lot of missing components um, from Obama that I really, really wish um, we were able to see more things from him on a consistent basis. And we just still haven't seen it. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that it gets better fast. Yeah. And it's funny you, you, you mentioned him because he was second on my list and I was debating AG, Mobamba. Who, who do I go with? Ultimately, I chose to go with AG, but I agree with you. I think that he showed a lot of great signs. Let, let's not also ignore that towards the end of the season, especially in the month of April and May. Like he finally started getting more minutes. He looked more confident. Unfortunately, his three point shot stopped falling. But even then, he started putting up big numbers. He was rebounding the ball better and better. You know, he got, a, I think it was three games in a row where he grabbed 15 rebounds or better. Like that, for Mo Bamba, is really impressive. Um, he set a new career high in points. He had a few games where he blocked four shots. So we saw the potential. Now, like I said a couple of weeks ago, the motor, he has to work on that big time. And Cole Anthony, uh, last night after the game, mentioned Mo Bamba has no choice. He's going to be in the gym all offseason with Cole Anthony. 
he doesn't have a choice. And I love that. I'm like, that's exactly what he needs. And he's a guy to push him and tell him, hey, not only that, but think about this. It's a contract year for Mobamba. He needs to show us, hey, are you that guy that we can rely on? Or do we go with Wendell Carter or, or, or neither? What do we do going forward? We got to figure this out. But this is a really, really important three to four months for Mobamba here before training camp where he has to say, I got to show the team what we got. And not only that, he has a chance to win the starting position. If he has a really good summer and he shows out, he could be the starter next season. I mean, imagine him and J.I. That was a dream that we all wanted, right? Like those two lengthy guys protecting the rim. He has that chance. It's all on him right now. Yeah, who knows how this draft ends up panning out. What if the Magic draft Mobley? Stop it. Then what if? <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. I mean, what what if? That's That's a very, very real possibility. Very, very, very real. It could happen. It really Stop can. It. Stop it. Positive thinking. And it could. And what's crazy <laughs> is that there's. it could happen by choice. Imagine mm. the Orlando Magic have the second pick in the NBA draft, and they decide to draft Evan Mobley. That could happen. See, one, so- one, one, because Evan Mobley is that good and deserves your respect. Second, because the gap between... Uh, Evan Mobley and Mobamba is so wide that it it can happen. Do I want it to happen? No, I agree with you. Let's let's hey, let's go out there and let's draft Kate Cunningham. Let's go ahead and do that. It's a great idea. Yes. But if it doesn't happen, <laughs> if Jalen Green doesn't happen, you can't pass up the Magic are in no position not to draft best player available, and it couldn't happen that he is that best player available. And if that happens, then somebody's going to be the odd man out. Yeah, for sure. And again, I, I, I've said it before. I don't mind. Honestly, on a serious note, I don't mind us picking him if we have no choice. Even at second, like, I don't mind picking him. The thing is, another skinny guy that needs to put on muscle, that needs two to three years to fully build. Like, I know how this team does things. And unfortunately, I just don't want to wait for that. Like, give me a guy that can just get buckets. We, we've needed that. Like, a call Anthony again. Like, we need guys like that that can come in and just impact the game while being skinny. <laughs> I mean, with with that being said, if you had to put on a scale one to 10, how excited are you um, for this offseason? I mean, uh, it's one to 10, right? (laughs) Because I was going to say 15, 20, 25. Like it's 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 beyond one to 10 for me, because, again, it's the first offseason where we enter with. I know known like, Hey, we, we know what the team may look like, but we also don't like, we are not even thinking about the fact that we can make some pretty decent trades here in the draft. Again, we, we have the bulls pick. We have the 33rd prick. We have some vets that, that we could package together with those picks. We don't know. So all those unknowns make it exciting, but also the fact that we are tied with the best odds for the first pick. So there's just so much excitement that comes with that. Um, and like you mentioned before, season ticket prices have gone up and they will continue to go up if we get it the first or second pick in the draft. Um, they will go up if we're able to trade maybe the Bulls pick or whatever for a vet that, that has some name recognition. So who knows? Um, but I think as a Magic fan, you'd be lying to yourself if this is not the most excited you've been in years entering the offseason. Yeah, it's it's going to be wild. One to 10 is obviously above that 10. Um, because there's so much within the magic control, so much within our power. Um, just the fact that thinking, you know, the next Orlando Magic game that is played, official game that is played, Jonathan Isaac will be back on the court. True. Right? Po- positive thinking, you know, making sure there's no setbacks or anything like that. But the fact that that's a real possibility, the fact that you have an offseason where Cole Anthony is, is going to get better, Markel Fultz is going to get healthier, RJ Hampton is excited about the new season. Uh, I hope that, you know, Mobamba is not just in the gym with Cole Anthony, but he's in the gym with you know, Wendell Carter Jr. And they're battling it out, you know, all offseason long. Um, what's What was great to hear is the fact that Cole Anthony said that he was going to stick around in Orlando um, to make sure that he's he's prepared for this upcoming season. So he's going to take two weeks off for vacation and is, is back into the gym. Um, what was interesting is you had brought up the article to me from the athletic that, 
uh, Coach Clifford didn't include a um, uh, what was it, off season or end of the um, season, end of season message, end of the season message, which I thought was interesting that he wouldn't do it, um, because there there has been questions or concerns, not not from the media but more from the fan base, on whether or not Coach Clifford is the right coach for this team. And I think that from a front office perspective, if you're going to do a coach switch, now would be the time to do it. Now that you have the young roster that isn't exposed to Clifford as much, now would be the time to do it. Um, So who knows if that's in the card? Who knows if that's something that they even want to do? I'm okay with keeping Coach Cliff. I like Coach Cliff. I know that there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things being said out there that people aren't happy with, but that's going to be with any coach. You bring in any coaches in any coach that's that's in that chair, you're going to say the same thing about that coach. No one, no one's perfect. Uh, you're going to have the the pros and the cons. Um, but it, it's just interesting to think that you know there there might be a possibility, whether it's a small possibility or bigger, and you know there's there's a chance that there might be a change there. Who knows? Yeah, and I, and I think again that adds to the level of excitement, right? As a Magic fan, because even that could change. Again, there's there's not a set in stone answer here where we know he'll be back. Um, if he had two years left in his contract, I would say yeah, he is definitely coming back. But with one year left, I think there's a lot of unknowns out there. Um, I fully expect the, the front office to get an extension for sure this offseason. Hundred percent. Will Coach Clifford get one for another four years? But you know what I think? Mm-hmm. I think that if Coach Clifford isn't back, it would be a mutual agreement. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the front office would let him go. Um, I think if it becomes too much, because you you take a look at you know Coach Clifford is a really good coach, an experienced coach. Does he want to go through a rebuild? With a bunch of young, with a bunch of young players, he was he was brought in to elevate the team of you know the the Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and you know he he really didn't have a fair crack at it because he has dealt with you know the injuries since he got here, since he got here. Um, But who knows? I mean, if you're him, would you really want to take it out? That's the thing. You, You you need some clear vision from from the front office to kind of tell you what what that path looks looks like next season and beyond um i I don't know again i don't mind him being around i just think there's a lot going on also besides the players besides the draft besides all that there's a lot to be figured out in the front office and also in the coaching staff what we do the medical staff i know somebody posted on twitter recently that the the magic were hiring a new uh head of uh, i forgot the title of the position but it was the medical staff um, is being looked at after a crazy season that we had so many injuries. So again, it's not only the draft. It just it goes so much beyond uh, the, the whole core of this team that could change over the summer. And we haven't talked about maybe a re, uh, rebrand. We haven't talked about the new jerseys that are coming in. I know the orange ones are done. The blue ones definitely are done. So what's coming in with that as well? That's going to be exciting over the next few months. I thought I read in early on in the season that they were going to do one more orange. Or was this the season that they were going to end the orange? So I'm sorry. Time. I meant that like the current version of the orange was done. But I think there is one more year of doing orange. Um, I, think I think it's one more too. Yeah. So, I mean, um, there's, a, there's a lot to look forward to, man. It's exciting. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, the the you brought up a really good point with with the branding. I mean, the branding can be so many different things. Uh, we we came to the conclusion that they were going to end the the statement uniforms because they've been on sale now for you know what was it the buy two for a hundred for almost yep. the last two months. Yeah. So it seems as if they're going on a fire sale with those, and then there'll be some statement jerseys to replace them with. I think their earned jerseys were a hit, so I kind of hope that they kind of move that direction uh, next season. And then, um, you know, the the campaign that they had Magic together, I thought that was interesting because um, the Magic couldn't be together just due to injuries, so that that kind of jinxed that. Um, and then half of the team was also traded away. So, <laughs> um, you know, who, who knows? I think that's the fun part with kind of figuring it all out in the beginning of the season is brand new everything. So we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a, it's a brand new era too, right? You have all these young guys leading the way now. I think if you've ever thought about rebranding, I think it's a perfect offseason to do it because, again, once that, whatever it is, October, November comes around, 
and you're mentioning the starting lineup and you got J.I. out there. Hopefully, Markel may be ready by then. Let's see how that goes. But And then a top pick, hopefully, in there too. Man, I know for a fact Amway is going to be fun to be up, to be at that night uh, and hopefully 100% capacity. So that's going to be an exciting night for sure. Yeah, man, because the whole game winner thing when there's like barely – you know, anyone there to celebrate with you is kind of, it, it takes, it takes away from the excitement a little bit. Not that it, it did because everyone's so hyped about it, but you know, the, the fan base is really a big part of it. For sure. Yeah. So, all right, Al, final thoughts. Final thoughts, man. It's going to be a long, long, long summer. Um, I just hope we keep, we keep getting some bits and pieces of news from the magic as the things go along, whether it's JI updates or Markel, um, because otherwise, man, it's going to be a long, long summer. You said it. 36 days till the lottery, about two months and a half till the draft. But really, the good thing is that after that, we hit it kind of fast pace. We, we get free agency right after, maybe summer league right after that. Um, so a lot to look forward to us, Magic fans. But be excited. I know. Be positive. I know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from Tankathon and playing with the simulator. Like, let that play out on June 22nd. I'm not going to go crazy over that. And once again, Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham. Welcome to Orlando, one of you guys. Or Mobley. <laughs> nope. Don't be disrespectful, <laughs> Al. Or, or Mobley. Uh, Jeff Wallman was um, during one of the interviews during the games. Um, it was it was before yeah it was before the game. He had mentioned that um, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Folds, they were in the midpoint of their um, their rehab. So um, they said that as far as they know, there hasn't been any any setbacks or anything. You know, they never put a um, a deadline of of when they'll be coming back. But the fact that they're, they're, they're in the gym, they're working, they're working on their rehab. So it's good to hear that they're doing all right. And he had mentioned that since he's gotten to Orlando, um, he's never been more excited and, you know, he's just mimicking the, the fan base feelings right now. So we're excited, man. So many different things can happen. There's so many different avenues um, if the Magic make it to the top five, if they don't make the top five, you know, are they looking to move? Are they looking to trade? Who are they willing to move? Who are they willing to trade? Um, so many different questions, so many answers that we're waiting for. Um, and it's going to be exciting to find out. For sure. I just can't wait for these days to fly by. <laughs> yeah, man. It feels like it's still so long. May 25th, we the the coin flip. I feel like that's like crazy time away the the lottery the month after the draft the month after that then we got training camp then we got free agency and then we have everything happening it's it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts it's gonna be nuts but hey it's a good time to be a magic fan that that's for sure i mean it's it's a, again like i said before it's the first time in a while that i've entered an off season so excited for this team and, and the direction of where we're going yeah for sure all right we'll see what happens on that note appreciate you guys listening it's a wrap peace Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.